I can't believe I forgot to start this episode with salutations and welcome to Newbie. I'm Nora and I'm podcast ready. <laughs> do you want me to just edit that in? I'm not mm. gonna do that. You're not gonna do that. No. What you what you want? What you what you want? Hi and welcome to Newbie, a Ruby podcast. I'm Nora, my pronouns are she, her. I'm Allie, my pronouns are she, her. And for those of you just joining us, uh, we're going to talk about five seasons of Ruby today. Yeah, we're just going to do it all in this one episode because... We watched it and we recorded an episode for like the first half of volume one and then we watched all of Ruby without recording. Yeah. And then we were like, well, I guess we'll just do all at one, all, all at once. <laughs> and um, then we'll be like, we'll like keep up with the new shit as it comes out. Yeah. Do, doing like a newbie a week sounds very fun. Yeah. Just like a little bite-sized cast for each episode of the new stuff. At some point, it will be just be screaming. <laughs> so before we begin full spoilers for ruby all of it all five seasons all five We're seasons it, y'all all throw f- dies okay well that's not even true <laughs> i know i was just gonna say five seasons all character shorts and the first two seasons of ruby chibi oh yeah We've also we didn't, been watching Ruby Chibi. We didn't finish Ruby Chibi, but... No. <laughs> That's a cute little thing. It I is. like that thing a lot. Uh, I don't know if I like it a lot. I like it. I like There's like a lot of lot. stuff that falls flat. Yeah. But it's but there's it, enough of it that you're like, you can still enjoy some parts. Right. Like, they make so much Ruby Chibi that like, if only half the jokes hit, that's still like a lot of jokes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how I like to do my humor, too. <laughs> and podcasts. <laughs> I've never had to scream at Ruby Chibi that they're a bad person for the joke they made is the thing. No, but you did with regular Ruby. That's true. That's true. Yeah, those first two seasons have some shit. So how do we want to approach this? I don't want to do a recap. I don't want to do a recap either. So, or or let's do this. Ruby is a show about a girl and her three friends, one of whom is her sister. They go to magic school, and they learn how to fight monsters. It's not magic. It's shut up. (laughs) And they learn how to fight monsters called Grimm. And then in the third season, like all throughout this, the first three seasons, we see villains plotting and scheming and doing things. And the third season is a tournament arc with all the characters and their superpowers. 
And then at the end, at the like climax of that, the villain plan comes into fruition. The academy is taken by the Grimm, and the characters, the four main characters, all split off into different directions and are completely separate for a whole season, working through their own individual traumas and histories. And then they start to meet back up in the fifth season, and they they start to like move forward and take that loss and and move forward to try to stop the next step in the villain plan. Yeah, and it's looking like season six is going to be like a big climactic thing in the way that season three is, hopefully. hopefully. Maybe. We did have a big climax with like Adam and the maidens. Yeah, we did get we did get a lot at the end of season five, so... Yeah, I wouldn't be that surprised if Six is setting up the new area, the the next academy, and then mm-hmm. Seven is big. But because like Haven had two seasons total to go from the fall of Beacon to the fall of Haven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I don't want to recap, but like, do we want to just, just go? Well, yeah. Like, I don't want to recap any more than we have, but like. It might be interesting to like go through and like talk like what are your broad thoughts on season one, season yeah, two. Sure. Um Season and one. I guess like I wanna I wanna start because like I expected to not like season one. Like I expected it was gonna take me some time to get into this show, just based on like some things I heard. I kind of loved it from the jump. I thought season one was a lot of fun. From the jump, and then you worked on your landing strategy. (laughs) Stupid. What was the moment watching this when you realized that you were going to like this show? Uh, I had a voice crack somewhere in that. um. (laughs) I think it's like when I just had this like immediate affection for Ruby as a character. You know, mm-hmm. um, like I pretty immediately was like, oh, she's a lot of fun. And like that carries that like piqued my interest enough that like then, you know, as I get to meet the other characters, like it was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also she's sad, but she lo- she very sad, she's very sad. And she doesn't let anyone know. No, she keep that all to herself and it only comes up in her song. And yep. Her song, which is a duet with her dead mother. I should, if you don't know what Ruby's about, uh, the soundtracks are very good. The soundtracks are extremely good. It's like not a style of music I listen to. Like my music tastes are well documented and you will never find the like specific brand of like rock that this does in the stuff I listen to. But like this fuck is so fucking good. Oh, and all the shit. all the songs have lyrics and they're all like chunks of story or character. Um, like we get a lot of characters' backstories in their songs. Mm-hmm. Even characters like Mercury and Emerald in their song that they share, because they're like side characters kind of, um, gave their backstory before the show did. But yeah, like season one was just like, very like low key and like there's just a lot of like sweetness in there I thought and like um yeah I expected 
there there's like some shitty stuff in season one um like some jokes that i don't like and i thought that was gonna be the whole first season and it's there and it's worth acknowledge it it needs to be acknowledged but like yeah i pretty instantly hit it off with the show just because like i like my hero academia i like (laughs) i question mark like harry potter there's an affection i have for harry potter despite everything harry potter has done to us hey confession Uh uh-huh i i haven't seen any in like six years i reread them like no i'm not talking about harry potter I haven't seen any in six years, but my version of that that I like secretly carry around mm-hmm. is that I, oh, man, playing that Pirates of the Caribbean level in Kingdom Hearts brought back some memories. <laughs> I was real into those movies, and part of me <laughs> still is, despite everything. Yeah. And I will never, like, go to bat for them in any way <laughs> but like it i can't like fully distance myself from the fact that the first time that i saw a movie with a cliffhanger and was like and completely uh-huh. lost it yeah yeah that was pirates yeah same i was so invested in that arc of those three movies and yeah i've never like brought it up I've never mentioned it before, yeah. but like that was a big thing I was really into when I was younger, Same. and I still low key am, despite you know everything. Everything, but yeah, I'm like I am a sucker for like magic high school. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, I was also very into um, a series at, of DC Comics called Gotham Academy. That's just like extremely my shit. It's just Ooh. it's a uh, it's like. It's Harry Potter, but in the Batman city. If you put Bluebird in it, I'm there. I'm sure Bluebird shows up in there. I'm sure. Bluebird was interesting to find out about because like, I was making a Batman OC, and then I found out Bluebird exists, and it was just my OC. <laughs> and yeah, that character is just the character I was writing. Bluebird's good, is the thing. Yeah. She's not trans, like my character was, but... Like there is um uh one of Batgirl's like besties these days is trans and there's a wedding issue with her uh and I cried a lot. Mm-hmm. I cried a lot in the trans lesbian wedding issue. I can imagine. Uh, comics yeah. are good sometimes. Comics are good sometimes. Um anyway. Ruby, season one, uh, it's like Magic High School, and it's very sweet, and I enjoyed it despite expecting not to. There's mm-hmm. not much to say about season one. It looks bad, but you knew It looks that. real bad. Oh, my God, that animation is <laughs> terrible. Oh, it's wretched. Oh, season four is such a just immense upgrade. Mm-hmm. It's just wild. Like, every season looks better than the one before it, but four and five both have bigger leaps than the last ones, the previous ones. Yeah. Favorite character, season one. Favorite character, season one. Uh, 
Season one, it might be Ruby. I okay. think overall, Blake and Yang are my favorites. But I think like Ruby makes the strongest impression right at the start. Mm-hmm. Weiss is bad in season one. Oh, yeah. Weiss is a racist in season one. They yeah. stop that. They just stop doing that. And it's... It just call. isn't there anymore in season two. But like in season one, Weiss is super racist. <laughs> yeah. It's my least favorite thing. Weiss is so good later on, and yeah, yeah. I it makes me curious if her racism is no longer canon, or if like they decide, or if they just decided to ignore it, or what. Okay, so here's the thing about Ruby: is that there are many things that were dropped, or yeah, or like left hanging. Um, like weaving dust into clothing is a plot point at one point, uh, and then it isn't. There's a yeah, sort of I totally a, have forgotten that. There's one hundred thousand percent. There's a retcon about where the Grim came from, oh? which from like huh. the, the intro of episode one versus the in, the episode where Crow tells everybody about the gods. Huh. There's a lot of weird tiny retcons in. In uh, in Ruby. Well, the the Blake no longer racist one probably wise. You mean the Weiss no longer racist one, not the Blake. Oh yeah, no Blake being racist. One. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Um. So yeah, what next? What next? What next? Is there anything else to say about season one? Uh. No. They meet Penny. Penny's cool. I like Penny. Penny's a lot. really good. I love her so much. I want to bring her up because I'm gonna stop having reasons to bring her up before too long. Why do you do this? <laughs> I also love Pira in season one. Pira's good. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. Okay, you and I were talking about this. At what point do you think, like, Pira? And like Roman Torchwick and like some of these other characters will have been in Ruby Chibi more than they will have been in <laughs> actual Ruby. Because like it's a concern. <laughs> I think Roman's already there. I think Roman's probably already there. Pe- uh, um, uh, uh, Neo definitely is. Neo? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I literally thought her name was Neapolitan for a second. It is. Um, okay. Okay. I, I'm like 90% sure Neo is short for Neapolitan. Good. Good. <laughs> um, season two is the one that I have like... I don't remember what happens in season yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my experience too before I rewatched it. Um, It's a weird one because... If they made this show now with the experience of making the show already, I feel like the first three seasons would be two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, they get through the whole Haven arc in two seasons. And they've shown they can do that. And I feel like they could do the Beacon arc in two seasons. Yeah, well, and, like, I'm just, like, looking... Okay, okay, stop... I'm looking at a list of episodes and just like nothing here is like really 
jogging my memory from season two. And I think it's partially because, you know, season one, I have these very clear memories. Um, you know, the they get to school, um, there's the Jean stuff, uh, and then there's some Fauna stuff. I remember that. And then I remember season three, because season three is where everything, like, is season three is where everything is very different and i don't know what happens in between those two you know well <laughs> season like... two has the and dance. i watched it a week and a half ago two weeks ago it was it was a week ago a week and change it was last week um season two has the dance and then it has the the trip with Ublik. Okay, okay. And I like all that stuff. It just blurs, you know? Yeah. It's just that, like, most of season one is, like, here's John's arc. Yeah. And that... They could they could tell those stories more swiftly now, I feel like. Yeah, I definitely think so, too. Like, there's a lot of two-parters that would be one-parters. And also, like, the episodes were shorter back then. Yeah, and, like, they can weave multiple stories together at the same time. So, like, I can see a version of this where, like, the Jean and Corbin? Carden. Carden arc. Instead of having that be its own fight with with a Beowulf? Not a Beowulf. Maybe a Beowulf? Um... Instead of that fight, it would be like they could incorporate that into the scorpion fight. And I would imagine I can imagine a version of that where like all the things in that happen and like the team gets formed and at the same time John deals with his bully mm-hmm. and like has friends. Yeah. I could see like a version of this show where they they do that and yeah, for sure, for sure. So yeah, like, season one, fun. Season two, also fun, a little blurry. Season three is, like, where this show becomes, <sighs> like, this show. Season three is the turning point where they leave the school. And yeah. they do it by losing a big fight and also losing two main characters. I didn't think this show would actually kill main characters. I kept I have kept expecting Pira and Penny to come back. Penny specifically. Penny and, will like, come that, back, I'm sure. That's not going to happen. Like Pira's gone, you know, and it's fucked up and like this show found a depth there that I didn't expect it to. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they will ever kill any of the four main characters. No, no. Um, I don't think anyone else on Team Juniper will die. I think, and I don't think anyone on Team Ruby will die. I think Jean might. Jean, yeah, Jean could sacrifice himself. But if Jean, if Jean dies, it's in the last episode or last two episodes right you know it's in the finale of the show and he's like yeah he's definitely a paladin he's definitely like putting himself before other people and carrying this grief of and missing pira and Mm -hmm. i can see that what i'm waiting for 
because Ruby does a lot of foreshadowing. I'm waiting. Sorry, I knocked over the empty wine bottle that was right next to my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the scene where John does something and it plays the audio of that video file from Pira where she's oh. walking him through a stance. And I'm waiting for the scene oh. where he does that and we hear her voice again. And that's when when John like dies. Probably. How could you do this to me? <laughs> How did you just write fanfic on our podcast and make me sad? Welcome. I'm Nora. <laughs> um. Yeah, season three, real sad. Yeah. Uh, it's also a tournament, which is fun. It's also a tournament. Yeah. I I'm a big fan of tournament arcs. <laughs> Shoutouts to Gara. <laughs> God, what a thing. What a thing. Also, season three and a little bit of season two is where we get Team Coffee, who I love all of them so much, and I need them in this show more than they have been. Yeah. Anyway. I think maybe season four is my favorite season. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, maybe. May maybe? maybe? Season four sees all four characters, main characters, in their own adventure. Ruby is yeah. on the road with Jean, Lyren, and Nora. And they're doing their thing. And you get to learn about Lyren's and Nora's backstory. Yeah. Um, Weiss is at home dealing with a shitty abusive father and uh blake is on the run trying to get back home with and son is also there um yang is at home also but her home not wise's home <laughs> and dealing with the loss of her arm and her trauma of fighting adam at the fall of beacon and also yeah. her anger at Blake leaving. Yeah. Um It's a se it's a season that I don't think most shows are like willing to have. You or know? E or sometimes allowed. Yeah, very much like a, a lot of shows would not allow themselves to have this season. Mm -hmm. But like it does so much. It's a lot about recovering and rebuilding after a loss and coping uh -huh. with tragedy and trauma. And it was really interesting to see that again in 2018. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, that... all of it stays interesting. It's not like... Because the, the other fear is that the show has this season, and it feels like... 12 episodes of spinning its wheels and not really accomplishing anything mm -hmm. but like all of it feels vital uh what was really vital was the festival the vital festival uh, i got it <laughs> um, i will just say I got season it. four season four oh, yeah no. season yeah. four 
happened in 2016. Mm-hmm. In late 2016. Uh, I was in a place at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noro was in the process of being born, so to speak. Yeah. The eggshell was cracking. Um, yeah. And I specifically remember watching these episodes every week and as like a little island Mm -hmm. and ruby means a lot to me yeah volume three made me really invested but like volume four is what made me actually love the show yeah i think like season four is like i had been really enjoying the show and season four like brought it to a new thing to for me mm-hmm. i think like i'm gonna skip anywhere near my microphone instead of <laughs> leaning back in my chair um oh is keith carberry on the line <laughs> <laughs> um season four like like season four is where like now this show is like in my heart somewhere and i'm not gonna get rid of it you know mm-hmm it's not just like, oh, I watched the show and I had a lot of fun. Like, oh, okay, now, like, yeah, like, this means something to me now. Like David Blaine in the heart of Chris Angel, it will be with you forever. <laughs> Listen to Interstitial. <laughs> Put Ruby in Interstitial, cowards. I'm gonna do that, like, next time I run it. <laughs> I want to run um, it. Season, I will say, I will say, moving on to season five, season five is where, like, I felt a little wheel spinny a few times, actually. Yeah, because they didn't go to a new place. They hung out at uh, Mistral and talked a bunch and, and did like, some training. It it ends like the the final stretch of season five real fucking good. Um Yeah, once they start meeting up again. Yeah. And you like it's hard because like the way stories work, they can't meet up till the end of the season. But like at the start of the season it feels like they've all like kind of have their shit together mostly. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's not the, it's not the worst wheel spinning ever, but there is a little bit of like, season five does not have the impact on me that seasons three and four did. But like, I feel for, I still feel very confident that season six will be like the thing that I want it to be again. Well, like, um, season five, like you look at Weiss, she breaks out, she gets on the, sh- oh no, she breaks out in season four even. So she on she's mm-hmm. on the ship, and then she crashes and she's captured by bandits, and then Yang shows up and they go to see Ruby. Uh huh. That's that takes like seven episodes. Like yeah. there's other stuff going on. It cuts between multiple people. It tells multiple stories at the same time. But Weiss's arc in the first seven episodes or eight episodes of that that season, not a lot going on. Yeah, a lot of this season is like the logistics of getting all the characters to Haven. Mm-hmm. And, like, like, the the big thing of, like, 
okay, Yang is going to meet her mom, like, that's really big. Um, But then we need, like, four other things to conveniently happen around that. You know, like, we need Weiss to also be there by coincidence, and we need, you know, blah, blah, blah to happen. Um, And so, yeah, there's just, like, okay, now we have Weiss at the camp, and... Weiss isn't going to be in the show this episode so that Yang can catch up with her mm-hmm. or something, you know? And meanwhile, Blake has an arc, and we haven't really talked about the Faunus. Um. They, okay, another thing is that in seasons four and five, there's a lot of Faunus politics that at some point, I got there back there at the end, but at some point I had trouble following what the heck was going on with the White Fang. Yeah. Um, and I got there. Like, it was fine in the end, but yeah. I don't always agree with the politics presented in this show relating to marginalized people. Yeah. Uh, Rooster Teeth, as I understand it, is led by some white dudes. Uh-huh. The writing team, as I understand it, like, this could be wrong. I think it's two white dudes. I will I'm on a Ruby Wikipedia page. I will pull it up real quick. Currently at least, because we didn't talk about Monty yet. Yeah, we haven't yeah. Yeah, um, just looking at their Twitters, it looks like two cishet white men. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe I'm not 100% accurate there, um, but yeah. But that's the vibe I get from their writing also. Yeah, it's... And a, yeah. There's a lot of discussion about whether violence is appropriate or not when you are being marginalized. Uh, and fighting back and whether or not you should fight back using violence or using other means. Well, and it's a it's a dichotomy. It's there's only good and peaceful or bad and violent mm-hmm. and there's not any like there's not there's no gray area in there. It's and there's no positive portrayal of the violence in the yeah. sense of like Oh, we want we want to be accepted, not feared. But sometimes when you are a person who is marginalized on the scale of the what the Fonas go through, sometimes you do just want to be feared and you just want to fucking like fight, you know? Yeah. And there's no um there's no negative portrayals of peaceful protest. You know, there's never mm-hmm. any like and then the cops showed up and shut this down, and we didn't really get anything anywhere, you know? Yeah. Um, not a ton of nuance currently in that regard. And, like... They're more they're... interested right now in talking about the internal aspects of the White Fang. And, yeah. like, present... And, like, figuring out what that group wants to present to the world than they are in portraying whether or not that is effective and whether or not yeah they can actually affect change in the in the culture of the world 
there's a there's a big problem and this is prevalent through a lot of like sci- sci-fi and fantasy and etc of like we say that these people are oppressed but like there's not much evidence of that and i don't want to say that they're not oppressed like cuz the, the little evidence we have like it's convincing and whatever but like there's a weird imbalance you know and yeah. I also don't want my fun anime to constantly have Blake like not allowed to drink from water fountains. You know, <laughs> like I don't. Right. I don't want to see portrayals of microaggressions and stuff. But like, yeah. At the same time, it's difficult to talk about that and never show. Yeah. That there's one scene where Velvet is bullied by the bully team. That's just mm-hmm. they're all bullies. Um there and, and then there's the there, part where Weiss is racist early on that's like retconned yeah. out. There's the part where like Sun gets chased by cops, I guess. But like in season four or five, there's like a sign that says like no faunus allowed outside of a bar, and like that was like shocking to me i was like oh wow that's not a thing i expected to see in this show and it's like such a small little detail that like people could miss if they were checking their phones real quick you know nobody would ever check their phone while watching a TV shut show. up <laughs> <laughs> shut up nobody would ever ask to rewind the tape to watch for that sign because they were on twitter i didn't that was something else i saw the sign there was something else <laughs> In the same episode that I asked you to rewind for. That episode is where we had a bunch of cursed technical problems also. So. Oh, was it? Yeah, you're right, you're right. The internet died. <laughs> but regardless, I really like this show, and it means a lot to me. Yeah, yeah, I really like the show, and I really like, like, doing this, and, like, I didn't expect to, like... I didn't expect it to like from the jump and I expected that like when I got into it, it would be like, Oh, this is a fun show I'm enjoying. And like this like really like has hit me, you know, in like a huge way. And I am like, find myself just like, as I'm going about my day being like, Oh, I just remembered this little scene from Ruby that I enjoyed and like smiling Mm -hmm. about it and stuff like that. Like in the same way that I do with, um, Full like, Metal Alchemist or uh, The Last Airbender. There's a scene. The only between other two shows I've seen. The only two shows that exist. <laughs> There's a scene between Ruby and John that is straight up stolen from our DMs. Oh no! What's that? Where John is depressed and says that he's a failure, and then Ruby says, "Nope." <laughs> yeah. I yeah. flew super heavy into the microphone. You're going to need to cut that. <laughs> but yeah. Um, there's a joke in season one and there's two moments in season two that are really fucking bad and mm-hmm. that sucks. It's yeah. gotten so much better since then and I hope that nobody like watching the show because we've been talking about it um like fell off of it because of those moments i want to like call out specifically like 
like just to be specific, there is like an off-color joke about suicide that like is not acceptable. There is um a like transphobic like haha look at this man in a dress thing. Mm-hmm. Um and then Penny also makes a, a somewhat transphobic question or yes. asks a question because yes, hey, she's the she's the like clueless robot. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I I think it's important to like be specific about that stuff. Yeah. Like I know all it's weird because we are 40, 40 minutes into this podcast. <laughs> and like, if we were supposed to give content warnings, I probably should have done it 40 minutes ago, but here we are. It's... If you haven't watched Ruby and you listen to this, now, you know, go watch Ruby, maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm just taking a sip of this water. And also, between seasons two and three, the original creator of the show, Monty, uh, passed away. And that is really sad. And there was like a really touching moment at the start of season three that was like sort of a sort of a moment for him. Mm hmm. And it was really nice. And it also puts the fourth and fifth seasons stuff about like coping with loss. It yeah. adds it adds something yeah. to that for sure. Um Can I segue into something more lighthearted? Absolutely. Um so in that moment with uh with uh memorializing monty ruby is at the grave of her uh mother summer rose um one just little detail about the show that i'm totally 1000 million percent in love with is that all the names are very like clever wink wink nod nod jokes at the Mm -hmm. audience um and it's very fucking good um there there are four uh maidens who are named after uh, the fall maiden, the spring maiden, the winter maiden, and the summer maiden, and we don't know who yet who the uh, winter and summer maidens are. But what I will say is that there is a character named Winter, and there is a character named Summer. <laughs> That's true. Those are true things about the show. Yeah. And there's a green guy named Oz. He's not green. He just wears green. <laughs> <laughs> He got there's green Oz, eyes. There's Ozpin and his friends, uh, uh, Leo Lionel, I think is his name. Leo um, Lionheart. Lionheart. Um, there's also Crow Bronwyn and General Ironwood mm-hmm. and Glinda Goodwitch. I only just understood that Crow is the Scarecrow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god! I only just got because I got the crow and raven are brother and sister. Like that right. was obvious. And they turn into birds. They turn into birds. A crow <laughs> and a raven, respectively. And also, here's something that I didn't meant. I've mentioned vaguely before. Before you knew what Ruby was, 
Um, the intro to Raven's theme has the same motif as the chorus of Crow's theme. Yes. It's like the yes. same tune. It is so fucking good. Uh, the music in this show is incredibly good. The music in the show is incredible. Every time good. Crow does something in season three and four, it plays the instrumental version of his theme song. And then in the big fight that he has with Tyrion is when like when he and Ruby and Tyrion all have their auras depleted, so they're capable of being physically hurt and they're still fighting. That's when the lyrics kick in for his theme song. And as somebody who's a big fan of Metal Gear Rising, (laughs) that's some good shit. Also, Crow's theme is just very good and very sad. And Uh. um, you described Blake's theme as Shadow the Hedgehog ass music. And I think Crow's. I think. Did I really? That's amazing. When it when um when it starts the the second section in the black trailer and it has the second voice. Born with no life into subjugation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think Crow is also some fucking Shadow the Hedgehog ass music. Okay. His okay. theme song is named Bad Luck Charm. Yes. Important question. I love Crow. Yes? I love Crow. I love Crow. One, favorite character. I'm going to take a moment and say the thing again. Mm-hmm. My name's Nora Blake. Yeah. I did not name myself after two different Ruby characters. I love that you do this in every podcast you're on. It makes but me so happy. I'm down for it also because those characters <laughs> are good. Nora and Blake are very good. Oh, fuck. My my favorite character is probably Ruby. Yeah. I think... I think... um, I think Yang is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Blake and Crow are very close seconds as, like, the most openly sad ones. Right, and gay. (laughs) Okay, so the... I, this leads me not... to my next question. This leads me to my next question. Yes. Favorite ship? Bumblebee. Okay. Th- that's the correct choice. That's the correct choice. <laughs> I want to oh. submit an idea to you. Okay. I don't know why, but recently I just had this idea of like if Crow was a trans man, and it's just really stuck with me. Huh. I'm into it. Yeah. There aren't any trans characters in Ruby, but... As far as we know. As far as we know. That, yeah, I don't know. I Maybe John will transition. Maybe John will transition. I will say I love this show a lot. I, If there was a trans... I'm going to burp. <laughs> I'm going to say that I love this show a lot. I would feel very hesitant if they introduced a trans character. Um, I'm not saying I don't want them to do it. I would just, like, be skeptical, you know, Mm -hmm. because, like, I don't think they've totally proven to me that they would handle it well. I don't think they would be actively transphobic, but I just, like, 
would be a little worried. I think that's valid. Yeah. But yeah, best ship Bumblebee. Uh, by far. By far. It's the one that's most likely to happen, I feel like. Yeah, that's the. It's extremely good. And I feel like there's a version of this show where Ruby and Jean are a ship. And I much prefer the idea of them being just very, very good close friends. And like. And I think the show does that, you know? Yeah. I'm just like, I can see them all the way up to adulthood just being really close platonic friends yeah. and partners in the yeah. field as hunters and never having to have that even come up as a worry for them because totally. they're so in sync. Totally. I'm just really into that. Yeah. I don't know that I want Ruby to end up with any sort of romantic relationship. It seems like she's not a person who's ready to handle any of that. Yeah, she's Yeah, she's got a lot on her plate besides that. Yeah, for sure. Um So yeah, I is there more we need to talk about? Top 10 anime betrayals. Uh the writers killing Roman Torchwick, my terrible trash son. I said that you were going to like him and then he showed up and you're like, "Nah, this ain't it." I hate him. Uh-huh. But I think maybe Ruby Chibi has made me like him. <laughs> also, like at some point in in season one, I don't like him. Somewhere in season two or three, he got like so over the top that it's like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I, this is a, he got so ridiculous. Yeah, um, he's very up his own ass. Yeah. And like, it's so funny because like, He's like working for Cinder, who's working for Salem, and Salem has this like whole evil plan, and Salem's gonna destroy humanity and blah blah blah. Roman Torchwick just is like kind of an asshole. Yeah, that's his whole motivation. He's he's an asshole, and he's out to get paid and just do crimes. Yeah, he loves crime. How do you Nothing feel about, wrong with love and crime? How do you feel about Roman and Neo as a ship? Uh indifferent. Neo like looks very pretty. Never left a huge impression on me on account of the fact that like she doesn't talk, which is like totally a cool trait. It's just that she never left an impression on me in a big way. She doesn't have her Roadrunner signs. In yeah, the real see Ruby. like Neo from Chibi like Love her. I don't want her with Roman because she's way way too good for Roman. <laughs> fair, fair. Neo's like low key one of the strongest characters in the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to her eventual return. Yeah, because we did not see the corpses, so like they've got to still be there, right? I mean, the only corpse we've seen is Penny, really. Yeah. This is still like this show is doesn't like they don't swear except for one time 
one time. And it's a fucking real, it's a real punchy one too. Uh, I remember hearing them answer a question at a panel about it and they decided that like that was the the right moment for that and they Mm -hmm. like tried it a bunch of different ways like you like the word witch instead Mm -hmm. and things like that and like different ways to have that character react to having their tail cut off (laughs) by the main (laughs) character and they agreed that like this is the moment to do this and I Mm -hmm. think it really fucking works yeah same uh, but what I was saying is, like, this show doesn't have blood in it, and it doesn't swear, and there's no, like, it's more, like, they say die and kill and things in ways that, like, some other show, like, let's say Legend of Korra, won't say. <laughs> They'll say take down instead of kill, but... In this one, they'll they'll say that stuff, but then also maybe because of the animation limitations and maybe because they know that they have a big audience that is like teens and younger, um, they don't actually have any sort of like... Uh, it's never gruesome. Right. It's not gruesome and it never will be. Yeah. Um, so that's just an interesting sort of tone thing. Yeah, totally. Do... I like this show. I like this show a lot. Are we ready to wrap up? I guess I guess okay. we are. That's about all we have to say about Ruby so far. Uh, we will be keeping up with the new Ruby as it comes out. Uh, in the meantime, if this goes up before that comes out, then I will say that in the meantime, we've still got Castlevania. We've still got Dragon Prince. We got shit coming. Yep. Um, and then who knows maybe we will just have a podcast forever <laughs> um, Nora where can people find you online you can find me on twitter at neither Nora you can find me on other podcasts like Halcyon City that's not true Halcyon Station you could find Nora listening to Protean City yeah that's the thing <laughs> you can find me on other podcasts like Halcyon Station and Digi Mondays, which are my upcoming. Oh my God! Halcyon Station will drop by the time this comes out. Oh no! Oh fuck! I have to edit that episode. Shit! <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, Halcyon Station is my Star Wars actual play that I'm Isn't running. Isn't it up in two days? Shut up! <laughs> uh-huh. Shut up is is what you need to do now. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, it's the first week of October. I haven't set a date yet. Okay. Even, I thought it was the... the first day of October. <laughs> no, no. So it a... could be six days from now. <laughs> could be it in could... two days. Could be in six days. Here it you... could be. <laughs> uh, it's just depending on when I get it done. Um, we have music on that show uh, from the wonderful Hazel of Twinkle Park's fame. And uh, it's going to be great, I hope. Uh, so come It will be. Friend of the show. Uh, wait, everyone involved in that podcast is a friend of the show. <laughs> yeah. Riley, Vita, Alice, you're all great. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm also on Digimondays, which is the Digimon podcast I do with Riley. 
It's real good. I'm having a really good time with it. We're watching Digimon Tamers. I've already convinced them to schedule after Digimon Tamers, we're going to watch the first Digimon series, and then after that, we're going to watch Mega Man and T-Warrior, which is the Battle Network anime. Good. good it's shit. good. Digital Mondays. Digimondays. Um, also, you can find my games that I write at neithernora.itch.io. You find me on Twitter at Allison underscore coffee with one L. Uh, I do this podcast. I do hot singles, which is a very strange thing that takes a very long time to edit. <laughs> um, it's very good, though, also. It's, it's very like, good. I didn't think that I would enjoy a music podcast, and then I listened to hot singles, and it's good, and I like it. I want to tell a story, and I can't remember if I told it on Transgirlvania or if I just told you while speaking to you. And so I don't know what to do about this situation. Okay. Basically, while Regs was editing that podcast, we went on a 30-minute tangent, and I told them, cut the 30-minute tangent, and we're just going to have that conversation again and make Mm -hmm. it an hour-long episode of the podcast. Imagine cutting tangents. (laughs) um imagine having a a podcast that's three and a half hours without tangents (sighs) um i also do zero heroes a show that i am having trouble scheduling but i promise we'll be back on track when i can um i am paying for that podcast feed and should do something with it yep (laughs) um you can also support me on Patreon. You can also uh, support me on Coffee Ko Fi slash Alley Coffee. Perhaps Allison Coffee. Can't remember. Or is it uh, Alley Drinks Coffee? It's oh god, I hope not. Um, you can also support me on the same website, but with slash neither Nora at the end, or yeah. Patreon.com slash Nora Blake. Doing um, so. Um, like supports this podcast in myriad ways paying for hosting is really nice i like to just pay for hosting with other people's money and i appreciate that some people help me do that Um, and also having money makes us more emotionally stable and able to like create art in the world yeah 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 Um, (laughs) uh and also i just am desperate for validation yeah so if you can if you could like give us some likes and retweets over at export podcast. Those are nice, but I have to say that money is more validating than any retweet will ever be. That's fair. If you, if Jason Marsden retweets me, that'll be more validating than someone sending me $3. Okay. Jason Marsden retweet me. What if we get like Todd McFarlane retweet me? I can pass on that one. (laughs) but like if you want to retweet us maybe also give us money (laughs) (laughs) that's our plugs uh i guess this podcast is over yeah so what's the second half of the podcast going to be about because you know we have one of those (laughs) um i don't know i'm watching some weird gifs of uh ocarina of time glitches right now some oot some oot. 
Are you a Zelda person? Yes, you're a Zelda person. God. <laughs> Are you an Ocarina of Time person? No, is what I meant not to at add. all. Okay, I'm not either. I'm not either. I've never really liked this game, but these gifts are fun. I was a big fan of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Oh, see, you you had my heart, and then you let me down. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was a GameCube kid, so I played the GameCube ones. I also loved uh, no. Four Sword Adventures. Twilight Princess, I just, I wish I could love Twilight Princess. It's a good game. Maybe someday I'll love Twilight Princess. But the best Zelda game that you can play is Mm. actually this multiplayer one that maybe you haven't heard of yet. Uh Uh-huh. Four Swords Adventures. It's called Legends of Hyrule. Uh Uh-huh. It's a tabletop game that I wrote. Uh Uh-huh. That's all. That's it. You can listen to it on <laughs> the I Am Here podcast uh, in their International Podcasting Month. It's a good RPG, I think, that I wrote. I think it's very good, too. Honestly, I think it's one of the best things I've written. It's very fucking good. It's very good. Um, I'm trying to remember. I want more Zelda opinions suddenly. How about 2D Zeldas? You ever been too into 2D Zeldas? Well, the first one I played was Link to the Past. It was all right. Link to the Past is like, I don't like Ocarina of Time, and in a weird way, it's because I do like Link to the Past, I think. That's how that works, yeah. Because it's like, they're kind of the same game. Well, you're only allowed to like one of them if you're a real Zelda fan. Exactly. Meanwhile, I'm over here, like, having a blast with the Oracle games and Minish Cap. I really want to play Minish Cap. I've never Minish played Cap it. Minish Cap fucking it's... rocks. It's my shit. It's my shit, and I haven't played it. Uh, Link's uh, Link's Awakening. Who? What? Oh, Link's Awakening is amazing. Link's Awakening. Whatever. Is like... <laughs> Link's Awakening is fucking amazing. That's fine. I've never played it, and at this point, I never will. And I've accepted that. It's a, it's a fucking amazing game. I grew up with the Oracle games and with the. With like I said, the Minish Cap and Link to the Past re re release on Game Boy Advance and Okay, uh, see Yeah. Okay, see here's a weird thing. One, I played Link's Awakening when I was like seventeen, and that's why I think it's amazing. Um and two, because I like grew up, quote unquote, with um I had I had the red Oracle one. Which was that? Seasons seasons because i like quote unquote grew up with it what that meant was i had it at four and i didn't understand how to play the game and like it was on a handheld so i couldn't ask for my mom's help There's... like i could with crash bandicoot or spyro what and so like i just i never got very far in oracle of seasons because i i couldn't understand it and then like when I was 10, I played Link to the Past uh, on the Game Boy Advance. I was like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> but I could not fucking understand like Oracle of Seasons. Like I could not get through the first dungeon. I didn't know it was happening at all. How, what the fuck? I was f- like four. No, fuck, not that. It was 2001 and you were four. No, no, I would have been five in 2001. In May of 2001? In in May of two thousand one, I would have been five. Okay, I'm 
shaken. <laughs> I forget that we're a couple years apart. Um, my my Zelda take is Phantom Hourglass was good. I believe it is the best video game of all time, according to Re- uh, Let's Plays. Uh, Lineback's theme fucking slaps. Uh, Let's Place, a podcast which objectively ranks every video game ever, no, has Spirit Tracks uh, as the number uh, one video yeah. game. Spirit Tracks Spirit- was interesting, but I never finished it. And that was like the first time that I was like, that I didn't finish one of the games that I thought I was going to love, which was, mm-hmm. I, I grew up playing a lot of Zelda and Pokemon and then okay. there was like a very specific cutoff point where I just didn't finish them and then didn't play them ever again. Okay. I <laughs> until Breath of the Wild. Which I still Breath of the Wild, I do, I didn't love Breath of the Wild the way that other people did. I know. Which is why I wrote that tabletop game. It's like really sad to me how I don't love Breath of the Wild because I want to. Like, it's so beautiful, and I want to be in Breath of the Wild, and I want to, like, be in that place, but I just never have, like, the motivation to play it. I just, like, have never found my fun with it. The best way to enjoy Breath of the Wild is watching Austin Walker play it for, um... You're probably right. For that thing they used to do, where... yeah. He has to play through the whole game without dying three times. Yeah. They don't do that anymore, but it was really fucking good content. I really want them to do that with Far Cry 2. Oh, no. See, okay. Here's the other fucked up thing, Nora, is that I didn't like... I like Breath of the Wild. I didn't, like, fall in love with Breath of the Wild like I wanted to, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm the Far Cry 2 person. I'm just like... Breath of the Wild is fun for that because it's a goofy game and you can get up to hijinks and Far Cry 2 is definitely neither of those things. <laughs> Far Cry 2 is so good, though. I accept that you believe this. I've, <laughs> I've never played a Far Cry and I never will, so... There's only one good one, so don't worry about it. And there... There's only one good one and you shouldn't play it in 2018 for the first time. Like, maybe... That game belongs in 2007. The only thing about Far Cry that I want to engage with is maybe someday I'll watch that movie. I forgot there's a Far Cry movie. (laughs) You see the trailer for that new Dark Phoenix movie? No. The new X-Men movie? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about this. Oh, who's this actress? It's the last... It's the last one, I think. So are they just doing Dark Phoenix again? Because didn't X3 do Dark Phoenix? Okay, here's the deal with the X-Men cinematic timeline. I I heard they retconned X3 out, but I couldn't remember. That version of events exists, but we are in a different timeline now. Okay. I'm so happy that they have both Patrick Stewart and... um, (laughs) The younger one in these movies. Yeah. Um, I'm just checking something real quick about this movie. Yeah, there's Michael Fassbender, and I'm sure that Ian McKellen is going to be in this trailer as well. 
I was just checking to see if a certain director was involved in this, and uh, no, he's not. Which one? The other X-Men director. Oh, uh... Brian Singer. There we go. That's the one. I was like, hold on, wait, let me double check real fucking quick. <laughs> uh, but he's not. Um, I've talked before somewhere about how much I love the X-Men movies, like all of them. Good this one bad. looks really good. Does this it? one looks really good. <laughs> I can't tell anymore. It's okay. Okay. You know what it is? It's like, because first class is my favorite. First class is like mm-hmm. such a joyous thing. And I love that they're now throwing all the first class. They've done it. They did it before with the uh, apocalypse, but they're really throwing the, um, first class cast into the melodrama and stupidity of the old movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, this is I'm, the most I'm... over-the-top thing. Like, Michael oh. Fassbender's gonna be so sad in this movie. X-Men Apocalypse is so fucking good. Oh, my God. Oh, I fucking... It's amazing. I can't stand how good that fucking movie is. I love it so much. Ah. <laughs> uh... God. <laughs> oh man I, I can't wait to see the whole X-Men universe come to a swift conclusion so that they can be written into the Marvel movies in four years <laughs> it's been so weird that um, it's been such a weird thing where like for a few years there like you could not find X-Men comics like they kind of just like stopped making X-Men comics and now they're doing like another big push of X Men comics again because um, they have that movie license back, <laughs> <laughs> and they're really pushing shit again now. The first X Men movie from nineteen ninety nine. I will remind you, uh, cause fuck. Also, it was written by David Hayter. Um, I know it's wild, except for one line, which was written by, uh. Footman. That's not true. The other... <laughs> huh? <laughs> What's his name? Joss Whedon. <laughs> yeah, I knew there was a line by Joss Whedon. Who's Footman? <laughs> I got him confused with um uh uh Tarantino. Tarantino. I got Joss Whedon and Quentin Tarantino mixed up in my head. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if you told me. That Joss Whedon was always also in defeat. <laughs> um, there's the one line that was written by Joss Whedon, and the rest of it was David Hayter. Is, yeah. is my understanding. Um, that was my first introduction to the concept of superheroes. Was that movie? Yeah, I think you've told me that. Yeah, and I love X Men, and I love that these movies have just been this incredibly messy and emotional thing it's like okay like the amazing thing about the marvel cinematic universe is that it works and like it's good generally the 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 marvel cinematic they've only had to retcon one movie out and like one um after credits thing Mm-hmm. As opposed to X-Men, where, like, from film to film, you have no idea which ones have happened. 
it's actually I I do, but <laughs> I just love the like. I still haven't seen Logan. What? I know. Oh my god, that movie's fucking good. I know. I I have heard that a lot. I so. It's based on a comic that I think is fucking terrible, and that's why I didn't see it. And then, like, everybody was like, this is the best superhero movie in 20 years or something. I think you know? that there's an argument to be made for waiting. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good ending. Mm-hmm. So if Dark Phoenix doesn't end very well, like, Logan is a great fucking like capstone on x-men the film franchise mm-hmm. is Hugh is Hugh jackman done now yes. yeah okay that was i, th- his I thought there was like i thought that was like part of it is that like yeah he's done he's done he's not wolverine anymore that was the last appearance of wolverine in an x-men film yeah because they're not going to recast wolverine they're not going to do that i'd be down with x-23 taking his place i'd be down with that too I have trans feelings about X23. X23? Am what? I right in that? Those movies invented X23. She wasn't in the comics, right? No. Okay. I have trans feelings about X23. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So let me write X23, you fucking cowards. <laughs> let me and Anna Landon make an X23 comic. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's gonna do it for this episode of Newbie. <laughs> I'm gonna Hold up for just one sec. What's what's her like name? What's X twenty three's like name? Uh, Laura Kinney. Okay, I'm just gonna tell a joke real quick. It's which is that I have been sitting here trying to remember what her name is because I was thinking it was Slater Kinney, and that's not true. Slater <laughs> Kinney a is band. a punk band. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my story. I was just checking to see what her name is in the movie. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It's the same. Okay. Um, but I just hit my microphone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's going to do it, I think, for this episode yeah. of our Ruby podcast. Oh, <laughs> right. Oh, right. <laughs> I was thrown. Uh-huh. Yeah. Keep it flamio. Keep it flamio. Wait. Wait. It's Keep not it Rubio. It's not No. No. <laughs> Don't keep it Rubio. <laughs> There's a fifth member, Orange. Oh. What? There's a fifth member now and she's Orange. Who? Rubio. Ru- Marco Rubio? They- no, 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 no. It's R W B Y O. I'm saying this is all act. bad. Can we come up with a good sign off? Uh. uh now get out there and pwn some noobs. Fuck you. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to start this episode with salutations and welcome to newbie. I'm Nora, and I'm podcast ready. (laughs) Do you want me to just edit that in? I'm not going to do that. You're not going to do that. No. No. Um, Keep it flamey, Crow. 
oh, I hate that. <laughs> oh, I don't like that at all, but the music's coming in, so I have to go now. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>